This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. During the winter of 2022 and 2023, we'll be studying the first 11 chapters of John, and as we've noted in previous podcasts, we'll be studying the other half of John in the spring. I'm Dwayne McCreary, your host, and today I'm being joined by Mike Livingston. Mike is one of the team members of the Adult Explore the Bible group, so Mike, thank you for being with us today. Happy to be here, thanks. We're going to be looking at session five. It's the first lesson of 2023. Boy, it feels funny to say 2023. Uh, just, I just got used to writing 2022, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We're looking at John chapter three, verses four through 18. We're looking at Jesus and his conversation with Nicodemus. The three main points that we have in our outline is born again, how, and believe. That first section, born again, looks at verses four through eight of John three. Uh, responding to Jesus's statement about needing to be born again, Nicodemus questioned what Jesus meant. Jesus explained that people must also experience spiritual birth to enter God's kingdom. Jesus went on to emphasize that what he was talking about was a spiritual mystery facilitated by the Holy Spirit. The main point for us is that believers must help others understand the truth about salvation. The second point in the outline is the question, how? And it looks at verses 9 through 13 of chapter 3. In response to Nicodemus, Jesus questioned his understanding of the Old Testament and ability to understand spiritual truths. Jesus then declared himself to be the Messiah who descended from heaven. Our takeaway is that believers can have confidence in knowing that Jesus is the Messiah. The last section of the outline we've entitled Believe and it relates to verses 14 through 18 of John 3. In these verses, Jesus points to Moses lifting up the bronze snake in the wilderness and explains that his being lifted up would be the means to eternal life for all who believed in him. Jesus declared that God sent him as a demonstration of his love for his creation. He emphasized that his purpose was not to condemn, but to save anyone who believes in him. Mike, there's a lot of theology in this passage. Um, How can we be fair to the theology present in the time we have uh, on, in most groups, most of us going to have 30 to 45 minutes of time. Yeah. I understand that concern as a, as a leader, as a teacher, I, I also have that same concern. And I realize if you open up, just open up your Bible and look at that passage in John three, four to 18, Man, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's just there's a whole lot there to cover in one session in that time period. And here's where your Explore the Bible resources really come in and and help. Um, If you open up your your leader guide or your daily discipleship guide, maybe the PSG, you open up your ETB resources alongside your Bible. It's going to help you focus your attention on those on the key points, on the key themes You've got the main idea of the passage identified is right there under the session title on the first page. So in this session is Jesus offers eternal life to all who believe all the questions that are asked relate to that main theme. Your, your group plan is built off of that main idea. So 
so sure, there's there's no way that you could say everything there is to say about this Bible passage in one session. There's 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 just no way you can do that. But if you follow the plan, if you follow the group plan, you will get through it, and you will cover the the main main ideas and, and the key ideas in this passage. I know that for me, I, I would be disappointed in teaching this Sunday if I get to the end of my time and I realize I didn't get to John 316. Yeah, I, I would be <laughs> yeah. disappointed. Uh, that one verse, that verse that is the essence of the gospel. So I want to be very careful about how, how I use my time. So I'm going to follow the, the plan that it, that it gives me. And, and, and that will, I think, ensure that I'm going to get through it. I think that's one of the good things for us to keep in mind here is that both you and I teach Bible study groups as well. So we're sympathetic towards that time commitment. And so do the folks who write for us. They also are teachers using Explore the Bible. So they too understand the position that teachers sit in every Sunday knowing they've got a limited amount of time uh, to share that week. One thing I found helpful for me is I take prayer requests at the end instead of at the beginning they'll still share the same things with me at the end that they would at the beginning. They'll just do it quicker because they want to be out and get, get their seat before somebody else does in the sanctuary anyway. Yeah. So um, that's one little tip that may help there. We talk about this. We see this idea about being born again. Uh, how should we understand born again in the way Jesus used it here in this passage? First, we, we want to try to understand how Nicodemus, a Pharisee, would have understood this. How, how would he have understood this? Uh, Jesus saying, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Because Nicodemus would, wouldn't have questioned the assumption that, that, that he would be a part of the kingdom of God, that he was a part of the kingdom of God. Uh, he, he would have thought that his entrance into the kingdom was secured by the fact that he was born a Jew. He was a Pharisee. Um, now, if Jesus has said that, all Gentiles had to be born again. Well, okay, Nicodemus would have agreed with that theology. He, would, he, would, he could get on board with that. But for a Jew like Nicodemus to be a descendant of Abraham, in his mind, secured him a place in God's kingdom. Uh, remember, John, remember John the Baptist, um, they was in Luke, Luke 3, who said to the crowds who came out to hear him preach, he said, sarcastically, I think, to them, don't, don't start saying to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, because God could raise children for Abraham from these stones uh -huh. in the wilderness. And, you know, he, he, God can turn these stones into better children of Abraham than you are. <laughs> and so what he's saying to them, what John the Baptist was saying, I think this helps us understand this, is that Okay, who, who your daddy is doesn't secure you a place in God's family. Who your granddaddy is doesn't secure, secure your place in God's family. It's not the color of your skin. It's not your ethnic background. It's not your denominational preference. You know, Paul talks in Ephesians 2 how we're, we're dead in our sin and only a work of God can make us alive. It's not human effort, not, not uh, human merit. Um, I think one of the key principles of, of biblical interpretation, and I think it fits here in this discussion, is that we interpret scripture with scripture. And if that is true, and that is true, then I think John 1, 12 and 13 is a good commentary on John 3. And that's where in John 1, 12 says to all who received him, Christ, 
he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who are born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word that is used there, John uses for children there in John 1.12. He gives them the right to be children. It, it emphasizes the idea of birth. Mm. Jesus expands on in John 3. He's saying there, this new birth, it comes to those who believe. It's not doesn't come by one's own power, merit, ability. Only God can give it. And I think this, this is how we understand born again in John 3. The entering God's kingdom has nothing to do with human effort or natural means, but everything to do with the transforming work of the Spirit of God in the hearts of those who believe in him. Yeah, be believe in faith is one of those big themes we're going to keep seeing as we study the Gospel yeah. of John, and you see it here. Uh, what was Jesus talking about when he brought up the bronze serpent? Yeah, that's a, an allusion to an, um, an event in Numbers, um, chapter 21 of Numbers, when the people were in the wilderness, and uh, they're getting impatient, and they're starting to complain to Moses, why have you led us out of Egypt to die here, here in the wilderness? We, there's no bread, there's no water. And so the Lord says the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people and they bit them and many people, many Israelites died. And so the people went to Moses and they begged Moses to intercede to the Lord on their behalf. Moses did. And the Lord told Moses to make a snake image put upon a pole. And when anyone's bitten uh, and looks at that, that person will recover. So that's what Moses did. So that's, that's the reference here in Numbers 21. By the way, when, when uh, he uses the, the, the language of lifted up in John 3, 14, as Moses lifted up the snake, every time you find that uh, phrase used in John's gospel, it's always talking about Jesus's crucifixion. You find it three or four times. John 8, 28, Jesus said, when you lift up the son of man, referring to his crucifixion, John 12, 32, uh, if I'm lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all people to myself. He said this, it says to indicate what kind of death he was about to die. So it's always uh, in reference to him being lifted up on the cross to, to the crucifixion. So the similarity between what happened in the wilderness with Moses and Jesus on the cross, the, the, the connection here is that looking at that bronze serpent saved the Israelites from a physical death, but looking to Christ and to lo looking to what he did on the cross saves us from a spiritual death, an eternal death. Um, and I think the two things are similar in, 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 the, in like three or four ways. The, those two things are similar. Uh, one, in both cases, death was punishment for sin. That was true of the Israelites in the wilderness. That's what the cross was all about. Jesus taking our place, our punishment for our sin. The second way they're similar is that God was providing a solution for the people's sin. And that was the only solution. That was the only salvation was what God provided in the wilderness. The only way people could be saved from the snake bites and live was if they did what God told them to do. Look, look up at that which was lifted up on the pole. And if you didn't do that, if you rejected God's one way of salvation, then you die. A third way they're similar is that 
the solution was in something or someone being lifted up. And that was the only, that was the only cure. That was the only solution. There wasn't one of many. God didn't say, okay, here's, here's one option of many for you to be saved. This is it. This is it. And uh, the means of healing in both cases was to look and to believe. And that's something that each person had to do. No one could look at that serpent for you and be, and be healed. Uh, no one can look at Jesus and believe for you. It's something that each person must do for him or herself. All three of those realities move us into discussion of verse 16, don't they? They do. So that, that's a good segue, I think, for us to think about. Here's these realities, these three things. Yeah. Uh, and then point to John 3.16 while we're in our group time to remind them this, this was the point of this conversation, yeah. um, was that salvation came only through faith in the Son. And yeah. that was it. Um, yeah. In other passages, we're told that Jesus is a judge. James 5, 9 mentions that, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 1, those are just examples. But here, verse 17 says that God did not send the Son in the world, condemn the world, or to judge the world. Uh, how do we square that statement with the passages where he is obviously the judge? Yeah, um, you reference verse, yeah, verse 17, that God didn't send him into the world to condemn but to save, which is a restatement, really, of John 3, 16, mm -hmm. um, that God gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have life. So definitely, Jesus will judge the world. John 5, 27 says the father has granted him, the son, the right to pass judgment. Uh, when he comes, uh, everyone is going to stand before him in, in judgment. So we know that he is judge. He will judge. He is judge. But that wasn't the, that wasn't the primary purpose of, of the incarnation. That's not why he came into the world. That's not why he, he became uh, one of us. Um, he, he didn't come into the world to, to condemn us because we stood condemned already. Jesus didn't have to come to condemn us. We were already condemned in our sin. He came into the world to do something about that. He came into the world to be our savior so that we don't have to be condemned by our sin. What happened after this conversation, particularly to Nicodemus? Do we know? Uh, well, um, he, he eventually became a follower of, of Christ by all, by all indications. Um, you know, he, Nicodemus is mentioned only in John's gospel. No, no other gospel writer mentions him. And he's mentioned in three times. He's mentioned here in chapter three. Uh, he's mentioned in John seven, where uh, Nicodemus defended Jesus before the Pharisees. When the other Pharisees were speaking against Jesus, they want to arrest him and and Nicodemus stands up and argues that Jesus should be given a fair trial according to Jewish law, which wasn't an open declaration of faith in Jesus, but it clearly shows that, that Nicodemus sympathized with, with Jesus at that point. And there are some scholars who, who, who think, they suggest that Nicodemus was one of the Jewish leaders 
who believed in Jesus but didn't openly confess him. Um, it's in John 12, 42. That there's a reference to that, that there are Pharisees who believed in Jesus, but they wouldn't openly confess him because they would be, if they did, they'd be banned from the synagogue. And, and so there are many who believe that that, that included you know, Nicodemus in, in that number. And then there's a, the third reference is in chapter 19, after Jesus's death, uh, Nicodemus came with Joseph of Arimathea to take down Jesus's body and prepare it for, for burial and, and, and to bury him. Uh, and Joseph of Arimathea is called in that, in that passage, a secret disciple of Jesus. That, that phrase isn't used of Nicodemus, but it is used of his companion, Joseph. Um, and it says in John 19.39 that, that Nicodemus came bringing a mixture of about 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. That's that's significant. That's an, a significant amount. That's, that's an extravagant amount of spices that Nicodemus brought. And as, as one commentator in the, the New American Commentary says, that was, that's enough spices to bury a king <laughs> and, and suggest that, that that indicates that Nicodemus ultimately recognized Jesus as king. Um, and that's the last time that, that he's mentioned in scripture. Uh, we don't know of anything else of him except what tradition says. Uh, and tradition says that after he, that he publicly declared himself a follower of Jesus, he was baptized by Peter and he was expelled um, from the Sanhedrin, expelled from Jerusalem. But that's tradition and there's no way of, of verifying if that is actually the case or not. Um, one of the things that I want to highlight here is the apply the text section. Uh, like I stated, this is the first lesson for 2023. And usually when we get to New Year's, we're thinking about a time to refocus, to reset ourselves. You have resolutions, goals, all those kinds of things. And the two question sets that are under apply the text in both the personal study guide and the daily discipleship guide. It's the same questions in both places. Um, give us an opportunity to help our group reset their focus. The first question set encourages us as a group to discuss the ramifications of salvation being offered to all who believe in Jesus. The questions are how does the truth impact, how does this truth, excuse me, impact how the group functions and what needs to change for the group to demonstrate this truth to a greater degree. That's an opportunity for us to challenge our group to rethink what our purpose is and how we can greater embrace the idea that our group should be about the work of helping others come to know Christ. The second question is more on the individual set, and it is this, how do you know, or who do you know, friend or family member, who is not a believer, and how can you use what Jesus shared with Nicodemus to initiate a conversation with them about Jesus? The group plans in both the Daily Discipleship Guide and the Leader Guide encourage us to challenge the folks in our group to write down the name of somebody. Maybe they may just want to do initials, but it, write down the name of someone they know, a friend, family member, neighbor, whatever, who's not a believer, and the next step would be to begin to pray for that person. 
but not just pray that they come to know Christ, pray that you have the opportunity to share with them about Christ. And that be a goal or a standard for this coming year. I'm, I'm just thinking about what it would do to my class if everybody in my class took that challenge and then began not just to pray, but to look for opportunities to share the gospel with that person, knowing they've been praying for that opportunity. And then we have opportunities to share with each other about times when we've done that, especially as that person starts coming to our group, that'd even be greater, be a better thing to have happen. But that's a good way for us to help set the tone for 2023. We may have lost our focus. Who knows? All kinds of things may have happened that have gotten our group sidetracked from thinking about what it is we're supposed to do as believers and as a group of believers. When this lesson, those two question sets under apply the text can, can help us reset that focus. Uh, Mike, are there any other key ideas or thoughts you would share about John chapter three, verses four through 18? Not really. I would just, uh, just echo what, what you just said about this session, the first Sunday, the first day of the new year, I think can set the tone for the year. Um, uh, for us as, as, as teachers, as leaders, for our, our, our groups to be more evangelistic in 2023. You know, I know that I, I just recently started a, a new group in, in, in our church, the church where I am, we started a brand new group and, and uh, we're, we're from the very get go. This group is uh, trying to help the group understand that one of our primary purposes, you know, for, for existing, for meeting is, is to reach people to reach people. And, and that's, that's something that I think we need to get back to uh, all of us, you know, as leaders, as teachers, that we understand that one of the purposes of, of Sunday school, whatever you call it in your church, life group, whatever you call it, is to reach people, to reach the lost. And, and I hope that this lesson, you know, happening on the first, first of the year will just set the tone for what's going to happen all year long. Mike, thank you for that reminder. Uh, from time to time in this podcast, we mentioned different resources in the Explore the Bible family, the Leader Pack, Adult Commentary. Those are just to name a few. You can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. Thank you for listening to us this week. We hope you'll join us next week. We'll be looking at session six. Bob Bunn will be joining me. We are looking at John chapter four, verses 11 through 26. We'll be looking at Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. And the main point will be Jesus provides eternal satisfaction for all who trust in him. Amen.